Hello and welcome to another edition of Inside the Borough, the FAU podcast for and by fans. My name is Dan. I am joined as usual by Shane and Jack. And tonight we are bringing you uh, another off-season show where we're gonna we're gonna dig into a little bit of conference realignment and uh, th- maybe maybe throw out some other things in there. But really, the uh, the conference realignment has been getting the the most talk. Uh, as of recently, there's been a couple articles, one by Patrick McGee, uh, which is uh, kind of really lays out nicely uh, how, co- how FAU fits into conference realignment. And then uh, Football Scoop also put out uh, a great article. And basically, the idea, uh, the idea is to finally combine the Sun Belt and Conference USA. And uh, there's, well, um, We'll reference the articles in the show notes, and you guys can can check them out on Twitter. But uh, and and we'll talk about who FAU w- would be playing with and stuff like that. But really, makes th- this is a point I think a, a lot of people have been talking about this idea for a while, and it makes sense to have you know more geographic, uh, more geographic options uh, for schools. And and one of the articles pointed out you know, more for, uh, it's even more important for like the Olympic sports for women's soccer, men's tennis, that type of stuff. I mean, football, you only travel, you know, four times a year. So it's not quite as much, even though the number of people traveling is more. Uh, but there, there, it makes so much sense for FAU to, to play Georgia State, Georgia Southern um, versus UTEP. Um, so I think that's a pretty cool thing. And it, it kind of seems as if there's some traction here. Um, so I, I'd love to, to get your thoughts, Jack. What, um, you know, your, your first thought when, when uh, thinking about FAU being able to play Georgia State, you know, flying up to Atlanta, you know, in, in one day, there, there's a whole lot more travel options uh, with, with FAU playing more teams in the Sun Belt. What are your thoughts with that? Yeah, I mean, it's crazy to think about we're having that we're having this discussion considering that we were so excited to get out of the Sun Belt five, six, seven years ago. Um, I'd be excited for a lot of closer trips. Um, I, I know we all love to travel for FAU, especially for me. I mean, I travel to see FAU uh, every you know Friday night or early Saturday morning when I have to go to Boca Raton. So if I get the the chance to fly into uh, you know Atlanta or Mobile. Uh, instead of you know seeing if I can make a trip to Huntington or El Paso, whatever, I'm I'm on board. I'm all for it. Uh, you know the coronavirus has really forced our hand uh, and the hands of of a lot of G5 programs when it comes to realignment. This specific realignment involving Conference USA and the Sun Belt, it's been it's been really really quality uh, message board material for several years now. But again, with, with the coronavirus, I, I think it's getting some legitimate traction. And we see that with University of Louisiana, or as you know, some people call them, Louisiana Lafayette, uh, Raging Cajuns. Uh, I am on board with calling them University of Louisiana, in case you couldn't tell. Uh, their AD was, it was, seems to be the first person to publicly say that he's on board uh, with this type of conference realignment. Now, it, it's interesting, we gotta take note that you know, ULL is in the, uh, is in the Sun Belt. So they want the opportunity to play a team like Louisiana Tech, uh, North Texas, UTSA, Southern Miss. Uh, I don't think those programs would be excited to be playing Louisiana Lafayette and Louisiana Monroe in Texas State. But again, these are crazy times. Maybe our hands are going to be forced here. 
but like you said, it's definitely more for the Olympic sports uh, because it's, it's scary. We see Olympic sports getting cut left and right all over the country, especially at the G5 level. So if, if this is if doing this shift, we're able to cut or excuse me, if we're able to save some programs uh, from being cut, then I'm all for it. Yeah, I, I think the main thing is, is I was just trying to scroll quickly and get the distance between Old Dominion and uh, UTEP. It, it's some crazy amount of miles. The Conference USA now spreads three time zones, okay? It, it's, you know, we talk about the conference and FAU growing its fan base and, a, and gaining an identity and TV traction. It doesn't help when you're so far spread out, right? I, I, I don't think we lose any quality in play. I actually, you know, one of the, um, the football scoop articles suggested breaking basically, I guess, a Conference USA belt, as they com called it, and having Georgia State, Georgia Southern, Coastal Carolina, FAU, FIU, uh, South Alabama, we'll get to that, why they're there, um, uh, and a few of the other schools in the South, in like West Kentucky, Middle Tennessee, Marshall, Old Dominion, UNCC, and uh, App State, all in the northern part of the conference. Like, to me, it doesn't make sense, and especially with college football attendance struggling these days, why isn't Charlotte and App State playing each other once a year? I mean, they played each other, I think, the last two years in a non-conference schedule, but that should be a rivalry. I mean, for each team, that's probably a guaranteed sellout game right? Just the most of the fan. You're just going to get a boost because of the in, you know, the in-state rivalry, right? You're going to get a few people to drive the two, three, four hours, whatever that trip is. I mean, uh, just it's easy, like, you know, Dan pointed out, it's easier for FAU fans to get to most of these schools in the East, you know, in the Eastern part. I don't think it hurts the level of competition. I even like that a lot of these schools that we'd be kind of paired with are schools that have all been kind of coming up to um, – they're not like the Louisiana Texans Southern Myth. Georgia Southern is yes, played forever, but they've always been a dominant FCS program and has done well. I mean, they beat a ranked App State um, last year. Uh, you know, Georgia Southern, we know, beat Florida a couple years ago, well-known for running the triple option. Uh, Coastal Carolina, just outside of Myrtle Beach, okay, and a little bit – I like some of these destinations better and I like just being pushed in one time zone. I think there's a real identity. Okay. We're basically the SEC East light, right? I mean, instead of, instead of trying to be, I guess, a version of a little mountain West, a little SEC West and a little SEC East, right? I, I, I think overall it's better for FAU regionally. Yeah. Uh, SEC diet zero calorie, something like that. Uh, no, I, I agree. And I, I think we align ourselves uh, culturally with the likes of Coastal and Georgia State and South Alabama. Good destinations. Georgia State uh, now plays at Turner Field. South Alabama is getting a brand new on-campus stadium, which is going to open this year. Georgia Southern got renovations. Coastal had renovations. Old Dominion basically built a brand new stadium. We can go on and on. Uh, I, I think it's a good fit when it comes to football, X's and O's, when it comes to saving money, when it comes to putting uh, butts in the seats. 
uh, and, and I'm just really excited for it culturally. I, I, again, I, I think we match up better with those type of schools than we do with Southern Miss. I mean, sorry, but Boca Raton to Hattiesburg is, is quite a big jump that nobody cares for. I think um, – Well, it's thinking, multiple jumps on multiple flights. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thinking, yeah. thinking about, um, you know, taking a, a step back of FAU, it makes a lot of sense for the teams in the West, mm-hmm. um, you know, lumping all of the Louisianas together, uh, throwing in Texas State. I mean, uh, 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 UALR, Arkansas Little Rock, and, I mean, UTEP kind of th- – I mean, you said UTEP should just go to like the Mountain West because <laughs> um, they're, they're, they're kind of like UTEP really is in the middle. If you take away UTEP, then Conference USA moves over um, eastward a, a San, whole lot. But, um, San Marcos, you know, to, where, where Texas State is, is only like a couple hours away from San Antonio. Not even. Right. It's, it's, it's like yeah. less than an hour. It's they don't play each other. It, that's crazy. Yeah. You know, what, what's, let's look at the history. And I think college football overall has gotten away from this. What has made college football popular? It's local rivalries in these little towns fighting over something that's super important to them. We'll just use Tuscaloosa and Auburn, for example, right? These little towns fighting over something that's super important to them. And nationally, we started to catch on over the last few decades and realized how cool this was because it means so much to these people locally that I want to watch this, right? Like it's interesting to us, you know? Uh, And we've gotten away from that because it's so much of, well, my conference is slightly better than yours, or, you know, it's, we're trying to go above you and this type of thing. So it's like, no, just play who's around you. I mean, ultimately what is college football? What is to the average FAU fan, right? You want to beat, the school where your buddy in the office went. That's what matters. That doesn't happen. I mean, how many offices in South Florida have a UTSA grad? Right. Yeah. Right? There's, there's probably a few Georgia state grads, maybe, or Georgia Southern grads, especially in Jacksonville. Oh, yeah, definitely. Where a lot of FAU has a ton of alumni in Jacksonville, right? right. I have dozens of friends from college that are all from Jacksonville. Yeah, Statesboro is an hour and a half drive from there. So you got to think if you're an FAU alumni that went back to, you know, uh, Duval County. Wow. That's, that's the game you can just drive up to right up the street. Also, I mean, thinking of Georgia state, there are the, when I, you know, used to, used to work for the, used to work for FAU and I would travel to um, Atlanta I would meet FAU alumni all the time. So there are a ton of South Florida transplants living in Atlanta. So like, you know, they, they would never, you know, a lot of them are the type of alumni that, you know, there was no football when they were here or football was just starting. Um, but, you know, given the chance FAU's had some national prevalence, Hey, let, you know, I'm going to get to go see my alma mater for the first time ever. And it's, Oh, it's right down the street from me. Yeah. I mean, so, when you I really mean, think there's... about it now, yeah. When you really think about it, how crazy it crazy is it? FAU doesn't have a single team in its conference with the state that it has shares the most border with. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, that's that's crazy. We're we're all the way at the bottom of the state too. You know, it'd be slightly better if we were further north, but we're not. So, like, we're talking about this uh, 
uh, before we started recording, but for teams like uh, at women's tennis to have to travel to El Paso or Huntington, uh, that's brutal. That's rough. So, I, you know, it, it just makes more sense, especially, you know, with the economic times that we're about to see, uh, to just bring it together. And, and like we're talking about Auburn and Tuscaloosa, I, I think it would do wonders for rivalries uh, at FAU. Because when, when, I, when I think of our rivals, obviously we have that school to that south, uh, down south, the community college down there. Um, you know, then we have this growing rivalry with Marshall. Uh, I feel like a lot of fans from our generation, Dan, Shane, uh, we grew up not liking Middle Tennessee because they would always beat us. It would always hurt. Uh, Western Kentucky has that feeling towards us because we would always beat them. Uh, so I, I think this would be great to grow some more regional rivalries, like you said, Shane, uh, which would help bring uh, attendance uh, to FAU Stadium. So, I mean, that being said, do you guys see any other, like, maybe uh, uh, future rivalries? If this were to happen, this, this conference merger, this realignment were to happen, do you guys see any rivalries? Maybe like Georgia State, because we're both in large urban areas, for example. Uh, yeah. Um, sorry, I had to take myself off mute there. Uh, I the the Georgia any Georgia school uh, makes just makes a ton of sense, and um, yeah, and I I think uh, that that totally makes sense. And then you know one of the things that I wanted to to circle back to is like Conference USA just kind of was um, just like picking whatever schools they could as other schools would leave, you know, USF and UCF were left and they needed to, you know, fill those spots relatively quickly. Same thing with uh, Eastern Carolina. Uh, so they uh, picked up Charlotte and, you know, pick up, obviously picked up FAU and FIU, which is how things like conference USA used to be more centralized and then just got bigger and bigger and bigger in this like amorphous blob of a conference. And, um, I don't know. So I think now, I guess, you know, you could say Conference USA did that to survive. And certainly FAU jumped at the opportunity to, to play in a bigger conference. I mean, I know there was a lot of, there was a lot of talk about that, like, Oh, okay. FAU could wait a year or so on and so forth, but FAU had to pay the Sunbelt, you know, I think it was like 200,000 or a hundred thousand dollars or something like that. Or maybe it was only like 80. I remember being at the time, you know, uh, the type of money that FAU had to struggle for, um, but it was obviously it was beneficial for us. So, uh, you know, Conference USA just took schools that they needed to to survive. And now it's kind of like, okay, let's let's bring this back a little bit. Let's, you know, this, you know, it's a, a whole, you know, nationally and, and globally uh, an awful thing. But in the, you know, taking what we can out of it, and you know, in the right now in college sports, this is an opportunity to like, okay, this this makes sense. It's going to save everybody a lot of money. Um, let's just do this. And, and, you know, Jack, you mentioned uh, cuts Appalachian state cut three men's sports today. And, you know, we know FIU has dropped some FAU hasn't, um, but also FAU has been kind of right at that, I guess, bare minimum point. Uh, you know, we don't have uh, a ton of division one. What, what is it? Is it 16 teams? Usually conferences have a minimum. I, I, I think yeah. ECU, ECU dropped a few teams. Yeah, so now they're at risk of it. Yeah, but they were at the high mark. They had like twenty. Uh, yeah, like we didn't have we didn't have division one wrestling. Um, yeah, 
you know, the sports that we don't have that, you know, we don't necessarily need to cut. But again, you could see men's soccer, you could see men's tennis being, you know, come at those first on the chopping block, which hopefully, um, you know, if we can get this going, we wouldn't have to do. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think, and not that, um, I, I think it's just forcing things to move faster. Anyone who's paid attention, I know Jack said this is message board fodder. People have been talking about these type of conference USA Sunbelt realignment since ever you before ever you joined Conference USA, right? And you know, Dan made the point it was just about scooping up teams to get as many uh, TV dollars as you could, right? The more, if you were more, the theory was a few years ago, it was more, um, let's get as many TV markets as we can, and those TV markets will turn into money. Well, the year after FEU joined Conference USA, Conference USA's TV deal like got cut by two thirds. So it's like, wait, what are we doing? You know, is North Texas's Dallas TV market bringing us any money? No, you know what I mean. So why do we have to go on a Thursday night, play, travel fifteen hundred miles, and play nine o'clock at night, like we did a few years ago? That makes no sense, you know. And then you know, the talk with the Olympic sports. The FAU's women's basketball team should never, ever have to travel to El Paso. Right? Or any team, for that matter. Right. Uh, it's, you know, I, I think there was one article, and I forgot who um, wrote it in the Orlando Sentinel. It's outside of the football sports, the, you know, a lot of the Olympic sports and other sports, there's no reason everyone in the state of Florida should just shouldn't be playing each other right most schedules like should just be made up of local teams to save money outside of kind of the bigger money-making sports like conferences should really only matter in football and basketball the other sports should be trying to operate as efficiently as possible not that i'm demeaning those sports it's just that they don't produce they don't produce money i mean i made the point with lsu is lsu's football program made like 51 million dollars uh, the basketball program made like a couple million dollars and every other program at LSU operated at a loss. This is LSU where they probably get sometimes six, 7,000 people to attend a gymnastics tournament, right? They do actually. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's huge there. I mean, th- that's three of our basketball games to go to gymnastics, right? And they were still operating at a loss. Granted, they're paying coaches and stuff a lot more, but you know, it, it, there's no point at all the travel. Um, it, this only makes sense. And I, I know it won't happen this year, but I think going into next year, it's definitely, we'll definitely see some changes. Yeah. I think um, it, it, at this point, it's, you know, part of this whole thing is it's allowed people to take a step back and like really start to think about stuff. And I think athletic directors and presidents are kind of like, you know, they, especially at a time right now where, you know, there might be less, where there's certainly going to be less money coming in from everywhere, you know, certainly from, you know, not just athletics revenue, but from, um, you know, as a state institution, the money that's coming from the board of governors or from the state to a, a school like FAU or any other public state institution, there's less of that coming in. They're looking, you know, kind of going line by line and um, you know, their budget people uh, in the president's office saying, Hey, I, I, I think this, this makes a lot of sense. And, and you know, the, this, this has really given a, a, us the opportunity and, and the leaders of the institutions to say, 
let's let's talk about this and and really give it more thought as opposed to just being you know on the um on the message boards so can i can i add one more thing before we, we go yeah yeah because i i just want to say you know we're, the administrators and athletic directors will be having those conversations but i think something will happen shane but it's all egos college sports is all egos more than any other sport uh in the world and and you know it, we're gonna have to see which is gonna hurt uh, hypothetical uh, for example louisiana tech's ego more uh cutting three four programs or having to go in a conference with louisiana monroe uh i i think once uh the power brokers figure out which of those two is going to be uh, the lesser hit, um, hopefully at sooner rather than later. And I think that's going to be playing the ULMs of the world instead of losing men's and women's soccer. Uh, I think that's when we're going to see some serious change. Or it's going to take a while for that to happen. How about this? How about this? Hey, Louisiana Tech, would you rather have 15,000 people in your stadium because FIU's there? Or would you rather have 27,000 people or – or even over that because you're playing Lafayette ULM and their fans made the two hour trip. Well, we're talking like, the same program that went nine and three with one of the nation's best offenses and declined yeah. the bowl game because they were in the same bowl as Louisiana Lafayette or Monroe, one of those two. So yeah, I, it's, it's egos. We just don't know. I, I agree with you. Um, but how much fun hypothetically, and this will never happen if FAU, UCF and FIU or at USF for all the same conference. I mean, half our schedule would be fun in-state games that we'd be chalking our buddies up about. It would, but yeah, every game would sell out. Uh, that's for sure. And you know that you know UCF isn't selling out games against ECU. That's just the way it is. And I have that exact conference set up in my NCAA 14 dynasty, and it is. <laughs> I can confirm it is nuts. So you know we've kind of exhausted the conference USA talk, but you know we certainly would would love to to hear from our conference realignment talk. We'd love to hear what you guys have to say, and um, we'll kind of wrap up with this. FAU did pick up, um, you know, uh, one commit and uh, a walk on essentially uh, a couple of weeks ago. If, for those that didn't know, Florida Tech, uh, I believe they're Division two school, um, and. Uh, them and, and University of West Florida were the only Division II schools in uh, in the state of Florida that had football programs. That because of this coronavirus, uh, Florida Tech decided to cut their program altogether, which is unfortunate for all of the coaches and, and athletes there. But, um, you know, there was someone who I believe he's, he's walking on a, a linebacker who, you know, who knows uh, where he'll play in, at FAU. But that's one, um, you know, kind of one commit we got. And then, uh, we got a new one. I wasn't pulling. I can't remember his name. Shane, do, I, I'll just let you um, let you talk about him. Uh, FAU's latest commit. Uh, Jediah Smith, uh, out of Dr. Phillips High School, who's a powerhouse uh, that's produced recently. You know, uh, Haha Clinton Dix went there as a safety and another NFL player. Just not off the top of my head, who plays for the 49ers at safety. You know, I posted about him in the thread. I wrote this story this commitment kind of came together fast. Uh, you know, after you really worked them hard, they love this tape. You know, anyone watches it, this kid is physical. I think I made the comparison today that he's taller, Jalen Young. Uh, if he plays safety, he also does have, could, could play corner as well. He has that length. 
but he's really physical, like old school type player. You know, uh, he's a lot like Trevor Reeves, who they got in the last cycle from Miami Edison. Very similar type things. You could, you, you know, as we're starting to see these coaches recruit, you're starting to see similar similarities of what they're looking for. But, you know, this is one of those commits that I know it's, you know, it's a sign day, it's way ahead and, you know, it doesn't grab all the headlines with, um, he's not rated yet. He will get rated. Um, I think once camp start get going again, but it doesn't grab now, but four years from now, he's going to be one of these guys that is getting drafted in the later rounds, you know, like many DVs have, he, he has that type of potential and frame. So he's definitely someone uh, FAU fans should be excited about. That That's nuts. I mean, we're already so stacked at the safety position. Uh, so FAU is really becoming DBU at this point, especially at the mid-major G5 level. I, I don't see uh, another team in Conference USA, you know, however long CUSA uh, in the current rendition is live for, uh, competing with the kind of athletes we have back there. It's, it's sick. Uh, I also do want to thank, um, you know, I've now been trying to get the recruiting coverage up even more. It was disappointing with the COVID. I wasn't able to obviously get out to all the camps and stuff like I normally would be able to, but thank you. Uh, I know the small FU Twitter mafia, you guys know who I'm talking about. Thank you for all the support uh, you guys have been given and just bringing, um, you know, more and more attention to FAU. Also, I just want to encourage people. I know a lot of people listen to this post, you know, post on Twitter and stuff, but if I can encourage you guys to also post on the nest as well, kind of connect some of the, the fans who don't, you know, are, aren't always on Twitter that are, you know, most of their talk comes from the form, kind of connecting them with kind of the, the younger Twitter FAU mafia. And just the more fans we have uh, conversating, the better. So, you know, the, the Owl's Nest has given all of us a chance to just podcast and write and do all this stuff. So um, support the nest, you know, it's, it's free and easy. Go on there and talk FAU. Just yeah, to- just it's say how much interesting. Marshall and you're in. It's all good. Yeah, that's the password. That's that's the code <laughs> word. Uh, it's it's an interesting time where, like, if you wanted to have a discussion, FAU Alice Nest was the only place that you could go to for so long, and, you know, now you can just throw up a tweet. But We're yeah, the, the only the, ones covering – FAU Alice Nest, just to, uh, pretty much the only ones covering FAU right now. Yeah. And uh, the, the depth of conversation is going to be much – uh, much greater and more intelligent and less uh, trolly, less troll bound uh, than Twitter. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you know, faualisness.com. You can find uh, you can find all of the, our shows there, uh, all of the podcasts. Um, you can check them out there. Also, you know, as, as usual, check us out on iTunes and uh, Spotify. Uh, you know, if you if care you want to read a game your- thread from 2006, that's <laughs> it. It, or the, the Melvin the, the Gordon. The site has been there since the beginning. All right. Yes. Yeah. If you want to read the, the Melvin Gordon saga, the MG3, oh. I believe that's still, for that's all still you up there. Kids, for all you kids, you young FAU fans, you don't know about MG3, all right? Yeah. Do yeah. yourself a service and go look at the Melvin uh, German 3 thread because we thought we were winning natties. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We had a Heisman wow. here. That's, that's, a, that's, that's so a rite of passage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
so yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll kind of wrap things up there. And um, again, you know, we like Shane said, we appreciate all the support uh, that you've given us, and and you know, we're trying to uh, you know make sure that there's there's something to to take away your time uh, during through during through all of this. And we'll um you know we'll get through it together. And certainly any uh, any late breaking news, we will uh, you can be sure that we'll be here to bring it to you. And um, yeah, for Jane and Shaq, we really appreciate you joining with us. Stay safe, be well, and uh, go Owls.